Wagwan, everyone, and welcome to Film Shrapnel, your one-stop spot for everything movies. My name's Tobias. And my name is Craig. Hello. And this is Jackie Chan, a retrospective. Yeah, we're going to end our, uh, how, how it's like Jackie Chan month, so how many have we done now? We did, uh, I think we've done like five or six movies now? We've, we've done a fair few. We've done uh, Spiritual Kung Fu, Drunken Master, Legend of Drunken Master, Super Cop, uh, Armour of God 2, and now uh, Wheels on Meals as well. So like six movies. Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. Um, I feel like there's still so much we could watch, but, you know, we can only squeeze absolutely. so much into a month. Uh, I know that th- this is what I'm saying. We absolutely could do another month, and we still won't feel like we've watched, even scratched the surface. Do you know what I mean? You know, we, we focus primarily on 70s, 80s and early 90s this month. But like late, you know, the later into the 90s you get is where Jackie Chan becomes more of a sort of global powerhouse. And then you get movies like Who Am I, uh, Shanghai Noon, uh, uh, Rush Hour. I still think we could probably could have watched Rumble in the Bronx, man. Rumble in the Bronx is a great one. I really like Rumble in the Bronx. Uh- I remember liking that one. I can't remember it too well, but I know I liked it, yeah. Oh, it's great, man. It's really, really good. And you know what? A coherent story, which is quite rare in some of these. So, yeah, I really like Rumble in the Bronx. Really good little flick. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess from from what we've watched, we can really discuss uh, Chan's career from, like, uh, the late 70s to the early 90s. We've got about maybe, like, 14... Uh, 15 years there to discuss. Mm. Um, perhaps we could have done a bit more 80s stuff, actually. Uh, yeah. But that's 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 our retrospective on our our, our work. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, I also would have liked to have seen a bit more of his 2000 stuff, just to compare it to his early uh, stuff I mean, and his like, mid-career kind I, of stuff. I, I would say that his like his 2000 stuff is interesting. It's a really mixed bag. You know, you'll have, I think Rush Hour 2 is really good. I really like Rush Hour 2. I have a lot of fun with that film. Um, and then you'll have like a, that he's done a film called The Medallion, which is just so bad. So yeah, like his, his 2000s work is a bit of a mixed bag. Like, I think that, I think you mentioned it to me the other day that there was like that like Spy Next Door one. It's just crap. Um, I think by this point, he's also gotten pretty old and like he, he's known for doing his own stunts. And like when he gets like, I don't know how old he is now. He must be pushing 70. Uh, He just can't, he just can't keep doing that. You know, he literally just can't keep forcing himself. I see now that he is uh, 69 years old. So yeah, he's literally just really 70. Yeah. Born in, in 1954. So if you've got if you've got him up online, uh, can you have a look at like if he's got any projects coming up in pre-production? Ah, yes, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Well, he must do, but like you, you can't help but think how much longer has he got? You know, before it's like okay, I really can't do these movies anymore. Because I could see him taking a step back and playing like uh, 
like comedic characters in American rom-coms. Yeah, I see actually he does have three films in the works. One of them, I'm really surprised, Rush Hour 4. Uh, no. There is also really? a film called Legend and New Police Story 2. Uh, but that's before Ooh. I even mention, ah, uh, oh, he's playing Splinter in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the new film that came out this year. I didn't know that. Yeah. But it's voice only. Uh, so, yeah, I guess he's also to that point where he's just doing, like, voices. I see some of his also other work that he's done have been voices what, and cameos. Wasn't Master Splinter meant to be Japanese? I, I don't know, to be honest. You know more about this it. than I do. They keep doing this, though, don't they? They always cast Jackie to play a character, like a classic character who's Japanese. But it's like, well, Jackie Chan's the most famous Asian guy, so we'll get him to do it. Yeah. Like they, did they, it they, they did it with the Karate Kid. But it's like, it did. it's literally called Karate Kid. Karate is Japanese. Like, and so why don't you, you could have renamed the movie. You go Kung Fu Kid. Makes more sense. Like, I wouldn't actually be that mad if you'd done that. But no, you still call it the Karate Kid. Mm. It's like, and you still change his name to Mr. Lee. And it's like, well, if it's not Mr. Miyagi, then it's not Karate Kid for me. Yeah, it's kind of a bit offensive. They just kind of group Asian guys together as as yeah. one. It's not okay, really. <sighs> Honestly, you, I wouldn't have minded if you said this is a Chinese retelling of the Karate Kid. We do the Kung Fu Kid. Really, wouldn't have minded that if you'd specified it. Yeah, I and I see also that you are right. Splinter was supposed to be Japanese. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. So there, there does seem to be this sort of slot Jackie Chan into a Japanese role. Or any, any Asian role, really. Any Asian role, because he's the most famous Asian actor. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's quite odd. Yeah, I agree. But back to his career, like, yeah, he's still doing stuff, but it really looks like he, he is, he, he, like, I see uh, cameo, cameo, voice only, presenter only, um, I see also as one film coming out next year called The Diary. He's a director, producer, and writer. So, like, I think that he is starting to take more of a, a backseat. Uh, he's not doing much physical stuff as he used to, which, yeah, he's 70 almost, so makes sense. Um, I mean, he, he's always written and directed throughout his career, ever since the early days. That's but I true. Would be but I would be interested to see what he could put together if it, if it wasn't like, if martial arts wasn't his main focus, but he, he wanted to tell a story. Because a lot, I feel like a lot of these films, it just feels like they come up with ideas for great action set pieces. And then the other scenes are just written to connect the dots. And they're not really bothered about the story. That's how a lot of these movies feel to me. Certainly the earlier ones... Uh, I think we could make that argument about Armor of God 2 and uh, Wheels on Meals. Mm -hmm. I think you can make the argument that, you know, the... I mean, I, I think Armor of God 2 is pretty coherent, in all fairness. I think you can follow it. M more coherent than uh, meals, Wheels on Meals. Well, this is the uh, thing, Wheels on Meals, it really does feel so disjointed. And, like, and I could think of a thousand and one other examples like that as well. Um... But the thing is that there are a lot to love in his films as well. You can see why he's become 
the icon that he is. Yeah, no doubt. Like he, like I've said this before on a few other podcast uh, episodes, that he kind of married uh, martial arts with this kind of slapstick comedy. Mm. Uh, like I have always said, kind of a bit like Chaplin in the kind of way. He brought Chaplin uh, I mean, he, slapstick humor. He does into cite it. Uh, he does cite Buster Keaton as like one of his main influences in his whole career. Yeah, like he's he's a big Buster Keaton fan. Yeah, and like he's also he's not just a martial arts guy. Uh, he's also uh, an acro- acrobatic, uh, acrobatic experience mm-hmm. as well. So he he marries it all together. He marries the slapstick and the martial arts with the acrobatics, and obviously he can act. But mm-hmm. the thing is, can he act in English? I know we haven't done any movies uh, in the last month where they're English speaking movies, but I, I, when he breaks Hollywood. I, his acting really doesn't hold up. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching for like uh, Rush Hour, the first Rush Hour film. When you watch the bloopers, you see he has he has he struggles sometimes to get his English uh, correct. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, he does. But these movies, I think the acting is a lot better. Yeah, a lot better. And I think also as well by the point that he hit, reaches Hollywood. He's working with people that are a lot more experienced and a lot more financially backed. I think a lot of the guys that he started off with in Hong Kong were like starting from the beginning. Like, okay, we don't have much experience. We don't have much cash. We're just going to do what we can. And like you said before, in the early days, in the 70s, uh, they're just babbing out film after film after film. And you can really see, like, if you watch uh, Spiritual Kung Fu and the first Drunken Master movie, uh, they're very low budget. And then as soon as we get to the 80s, bam, like money really starts pouring in. And then by the 90s, it's like, uh, there's a big, there's a, like, for example, uh, Police Story 3, uh, there's a lot of money being shown there. And also Armour of God 2 as well. Like, yeah, we talk about the influence of uh, Jackie Chan. Uh, I think really he, 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 you had Bruce Lee movies before, then Bruce Lee passed away. And then Jackie Chan tried to basically fill his shoes, but he didn't no, just carry no, on. No, no. no, like, no. What I, go well, on. so the, so, so the, I, I have to cut you off there before you embarrass yourself, Craig. <laughs> go on. So, so the thing is, Jackie has always said, because people always do uh, make this comparison between him and Bruce Lee, and I think you can easily do it, because obviously Bruce Lee died way too young, and mm-hmm. like, just imagine the career he could have kept, like, went on to have. Like, it, it's just mind blowing the amount of amazing movies we've missed out on. Uh, that Bruce Lee had died, and it was pretty. Like, I think people wanted someone to replace him. People wanted someone to fill the shoes. And Jackie has always said, "I don't like being compared to him, primarily mm-hmm. because we are not the same at all." I, I've tried very hard to do everything I can to do everything that to not be Bruce. Bruce was very stoic, very collected. He did. He was very traditional. He did everything a certain way. He was focused. Whereas my characters are not like that. We're more, you know, That's joyful. We're joyful. We're comedic. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're a different, we're a different side to the coin. So, you know, he, he's tried very hard not to be like Bruce. And I think he's earned uh, to not be compared to him. 
because they are very different. I would say Jet Lee is more uh, comparable to Bruce Lee. I yes. think they've got a very similar... Um, they, they sort of command a similar kind of presence on screen, I think. Mm-hmm. Jet Li's also very, very stoic. Um, but I would argue Jet Li's a better actor. Like In, in terms of like uh, uh, Hong Kong martial arts uh, stars, the, the ones that I think are the better actors that have transitioned over to Hollywood, I would say Jet Li definitely is, a, is actually a decent little actor. And also Chow Young Fat, I really like him. Anytime he mm-hmm. pops up, he's really good. And Donnie Yen, Donnie Yen's also awesome. He's uh, he's in the new John Wick movie. I love Donnie Yen. He's great, really good little actor. So the thing is, and I think I've just listed off some of the because uh, you were talking about how in the last podcast how Sammo Hung, Jackie Chan, and uh, uh, young Biao Yang or Yen Yen Biao Biao Yang. they're three of seven. I think I pro that are yes. like in this school. I think I've just named a couple of others that would be in that seven. Uh, and I think Ch- like certainly Chow Young Fat and Donnie Yen, really underrated actors. I think. Like, mm. I I love uh, Donnie Yen in the new Je- uh, John Wick movie. I think he's the. He, I think he steals the whole movie, and you've got um, Bill Skarsgård also being brilliant in it. But I really do think Donnie Yen steals the movie. He's brilliant mm. in it. He really is excellent. Uh, Jackie Chan, um, I just, I think he's Mister Nice, isn't he? He's Mister Nice. You know that that's yeah. how he that's how he rolls, and when he. Like the foreigner, he sort of he, he's still Mister Nice, but he he goes badass. But like he's always a nice dude, and like yeah, sometimes you're like you know the, these other guys they can play nice, but they can also play rough around the edges. Um, I'm pretty sure Donnie Yen's the bad guy in Rush Hour too, and he's great in it. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Donnie Yen. Um. And yeah, yeah, I, I feel like uh, as iconic because uh, these are the guys that Jackie Chan like. They wouldn't exist without Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan wouldn't exist without Bruce Lee. Like you can really see the chain of. Uh, yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at when I when I mentioned Bruce Lee earlier. There was like a chain, mm. uh, kind of carrying the mantle the knock- of making like uh, yeah. martial arts films popular. This knock like on bringing effect. Bringing it into pop culture and becoming like, because how many films now, when you watch an action, when you watch an action film today or any film with some action, I sometimes I wonder how much uh, influence martial arts films had in uh, choreography of fights. Because before, before like uh, these Hong Kong martial arts movies started to gain popularity, I don't think many Western films had as amazing fight choreography as that well i mean no but i think we know where the turning point is don't we i'd say 1999 a little known film came out that you know you might not have heard of craig you might have heard of it uh uh, it's called the matrix Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, like the Matrix was so inspired by. Let's not forget that the guy who did the choreography on the Matrix went on to direct the John Wick franchise. Ah. Um, and he uh, is highly inspired by uh, martial arts films. He is a very uh, impressive martial artist himself. Uh, I'm not sure where he's from. I think he might be from Hong Kong, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, mm. But he, uh, he loves all martial arts films, and he really draws from that when he, when he creates you know, sort of, you know, when he does the choreography and stuff. And that, I think, his, his work on The Matrix really sort of brought it back to sort of mainstream Hollywood. And then action started being, you know, being shot differently. Uh, because I, I, I make the point, I think I made it uh, at the same point in an earlier pod, but I'll make it again, where when Jackie Chan was in Rush Hour, there's a scene in Rush Hour where a car, goes to crash into him and he jumps over it and it hits the garbage uh, uh, skip and it's cut really fast and Jackie Chan's attitude is well look if you'd shot that in Hong Kong we wouldn't have cut away from that of, at all we, we barely would have edited it we'd have just shot it from three different angles and then we would have just played you in slow motion all three angles to show you how dangerous the stunt was rather than making it quick cuts so you can barely see anything to keep the tempo of the action high paced. Because that's what Hollywood does. They're interested in high paced, high octane action. And Hong Kong uh, cinema, it's more about the artistry of it and like how, like again, the stunt work is done in such a way where it's part of the selling point. Like, look how dangerous this is. It's amazing to watch and it's amazing because it's so dangerous. And what more can you enjoy about it than the heroes that you're actually watching in the movie are really doing these stunts? Like, yeah. it's incredible. It's such an amazing selling point for, for movies. And it's really dangerous. Like, I feel I'm terrified for these guys. But, like, my God, does it really help sell your movie? It's a really unique selling point. Yeah. And speaking of that, I think a massive thing that earned Jackie Chan a lot of uh, respect was when you watch a film and then you, you get all the way to the end and then you see the bloopers and then you see all the times things messed mm. up. And then because you wouldn't necessarily know if, you, if you're not a massive film guy that he does most of his stunts and so do the other guys yeah. he works with. And then when you watch that, you're like, oh, fuck, he really did that. Like, for example, most recently, uh, when we watched uh, Drunken Master 2, at the end of that film, there's a fight where Chan falls on hot coals. And when I first saw that, like in the, in the initial fight, I thought that was not, that couldn't be real. But then you see in the bloopers, oh, shit, he really did fall on like these fucking hot coals. And like, Fuck, you know, like the, the extra mile that he goes and like... This is this is it. The filmmaker and me would think that you just use fake coals. Yeah. Like that, like you just do that. There's no need to actually shoot it with real hot coals. But no, Jackie wants the authenticity. He wants to do it on real hot coals. Or maybe it's part of his uh, contract, To be to be fair. 
Yeah. How much how much do you think it costs to insure him to be in a movie? Oh, I think probably one of the most expensive people to insure. Like, but there must be there must be some kind of clause that you can do where it's like, but this is what he does. This is what he's known for. No, so I don't think it works that way. You can't over no, no, because come on, you can't overprice the I get it if it like and the same with Tom Cruise as well. It's like, look, these guys insist on doing this shit. So it's like, surely we should get a discount. No, they lawyers wanna... don't work that way, man. I'm pretty sure no, they I... don't. No, I know. I just, I just think they should put a discount in there. There should be like a sort of insane nutcase of clause. Where like, if you are mental enough to do this shit, then yeah, you should give them a discount on the insurance. I bet, like, there's always got to be at least someone who's working on this film, or maybe one of the producers. Like, I wonder if they're gonna die in this one. <laughs> like... Yeah, I bet. You know what? I bet all the all the people who work on a Jackie Chan film that there's a guy, there's a guy that's worked on Jackie Chan films since 1978. He's just been like a miscellaneous crew member, like he holds the the, the boom mic or whatever. Yeah. And he's just been going around on every Jackie Chan set saying, all right, I'll do you like three to one odds that he'll <laughs> die. And he just hasn't died yet. And this guy has gone on to be a multi-millionaire. And or, all he does is just take bets on whether he'll die or not. Or maybe he's lost a lot of money. <laughs> or maybe, oh yeah, that's, a, that's another way to look he's, at it. He's, yeah. mass, <laughs> he's massively in debt because he keeps thinking, okay, he's got to die in this he, one. Yeah, he keeps he, living. He, yeah, that's it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I like. That. I actually, oh, that would be a good film, wouldn't it? The guy, the guy who keeps losing this bet on Jackie Chan and his life. We should write that, Craig. I think that'd make a good film. Yeah, it could be quite, quite dark actually as well. Yeah. So, uh, what do you, what, what are your thoughts then? If we wrap this up in some kind of way, well. Uh, how, I think like it, it, we have one. Let's say you've got one. This is your moment to uh, to to say your 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 thoughts on Jackie Chan month. Uh, so, what, what would you say? What do you think? Uh, so humor lands here and there. Uh, obviously, the action is amazing. Uh, the way that he brings uh, physical comedy into it is pretty amazing we have some very intense fight scenes here and there which i always appreciate especially because it's such a big change in chan's tone um undeniably made uh i i, I strongly believe he really made like uh, action movies better uh yes. particularly as, as he became more famous and well, well known in hollywood well, he, well, he brought the standard up i think it's certainly more accessible as well yeah uh he really brought hong kong films i think to to an international level uh i will say that we what we haven't mentioned yet which i think is a massive theme in all of the uh chan films we've watched so far misogyny is a big thing and like i didn't yes. notice that before i think we both have said that like there's a lot of it it's worse in the in the, the earlier films uh, I think it kind of starts to peter out later on, but still, it's like fuck, you know. It, it's 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 quite uh, surprising that they got away with doing that. Mm, I don't know if yeah. Chan himself is really a misogynist 
or it was just like the times that that's how things were, you know, that's how things were done. I didn't even think about how it could be seen as misogynistic. That's not even a thing. It's just, she's a woman. I mean, well, like, do, we, do we have much misogyny in the movies that are set in like modern times? Because obviously let's not forget that I, I certainly in Drunken Master, the misogyny displayed in that you could say is of the time that the movie is set rather than the time the movie is made. Hmm. No, I agree with you. Yeah. But it's, so it's, it's a bit hard I, to stomach here and there, not, isn't it? I do, I do agree, but I'm, I'm just trying to think, is there an example of one of the modern ones that, that, that it is still misogynistic? Well, didn't mm. we think that super cop was a bit misogynistic in places? He smacks a bum, doesn't he? He smacks a bum. Yeah. But I did also yeah, like yeah. that we had um, Michelle Yeoh, who arguably is the real super cop in that film. Yeah. Who, who this is, is the pretty thing, amazing. Yeah. The, the thing is, yeah, she really is, I'd say, a bigger badass than Jackie in that movie. She really outshines him. Yeah. Um, re I really like that one. Um, okay, so I'll tell you what, then. Why don't we, like, rate different categories, right? Because you went, you went through a few... Uh, you you brought up a few topics there that we could probably like talk about. So let let's go comedy. So if on a scale of one to ten, uh, Jackie's comedy in like so let's let's just sort of cover the last fifteen years of the previous couple of episodes. So from like nineteen seventy eight to nineteen ninety three or whatever it was, uh, hmm. a comedy out of ten. How, how are we looking? Well, you know, I, this is the thing as well. Um, we grew up, well, you especially grew up watching Chan movies. I think a lot of the yeah. Chan stuff that I saw growing up was probably in 90s onwards. Not, mm -hmm. not some of the 80s stuff, but mostly 90s. And so I, I, I remember as a kid finding it funny, hilarious, even at points. Yes. Uh, as someone who is now 30, and mm -hmm. looking yeah. back at this, uh, sometimes I'm laughing for the wrong reasons. Sometimes I'm laughing because mm -hmm. there's something stupid uh, yes. and the real humor doesn't really land. By the way, there was one thing I forgot to mention in our pod on um, Wheels on Meals. Uh, at one point, there was a street called Thanksgiving Street. I'm like, what the fuck? In Spain? <laughs> what? Why is it called Thanksgiving Street? Like, so I'm laughing at stuff like this. And the, 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 what they think is funny doesn't really always land. They're again talking about misogyny. I think a lot of the, um, the humor around women about touching women and uh, this kind of shit is supposed to be funny, but it's yeah. creepy. And like, so I don't the know. Comedy, man. The comedy doesn't always land, does it? Yeah. Well, look, I, the thing is, I, and, you, know, you know, just to sort of circle around, I, I will say that. You know, these movies are not what I remember them to be. You know, what, what I watched as a kid, as you say, as a kid, I watched them. I found them hilarious. I laughed. I loved them. And now as an, as a, you know, it's, as a, someone in my thirties, it's like, this is painful in places like cringy. It's like Tommy Wiseau's the room level shit. Yeah. Um, however, I still maintain that the comedy used in the action 
that's the comedy that shines. Now, yes. sometimes it doesn't land. More often than not, it's cartoonish, it's slapstick. It might not be your cup of tea. That's for damn sure. It might not be everyone's thing. But you can't deny that it, it lends something new to the art form and it really has sort of done a lot for martial arts movies and mm -hmm. it's influenced so much. So in terms of that, I, as much as it has to get a few deductions for, um, you know, just sort of, as you say, you know, just being tone deaf, uh, maybe because we're from, you know, looking back at it from a, a, a more modern lens, it just comes off as cringy and offensive. Um, I, I still think this does, you know, his certainly his career. We're talking about his this as his early career. Um, I think we still got to give him a minimum seven point five eight for comedy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's very, and that comedy really also helped uh, make it more accessible. It, it mm -hmm. appealed to kids. It appealed to people who don't really care about action movies, but they like comedy. So yeah. then it opened the door for that as well. It made it more wider reaching. Uh, yes. So that's also very important. Like it really made it a lot, like some of uh, Chan's stuff is really more family, family friendly as well. And you know, that's, that's a Absolutely. much bigger market. So yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we also have to discuss uh, Chan today. We kind of tiptoed around it a bit before, but now he's like, I, I think you know a lot more about this than I do. Uh, He's very pro China these days. Uh, we have, to, and I don't know what what would we think about that necessarily because uh, maybe he's just getting old. Well, maybe what, he gets what, whatever. Whatever we think about it will be cut from the podcast. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind I of think, controversial. I, think, I know it's so controversial. I actually think we've said more than we're allowed to say. <laughs> yeah you're worried though you're worried yeah very much so <laughs> very much so well no i think we should be allowed to say what we think here uh otherwise what's the point of doing this to be honest that's a good point uh, why do you think that chan has leaned so far this way like maybe it's just a thing to keep going i mean he always has been you know perhaps he always has been that's true at the, at the end of the day we're not uh we're not Chinese. We never grew up there, you know. So he he definitely has far more context than we do, and perhaps for his personal journey, you know, he has a person. You know, there's there's a reason for his leanings. Um, I do seem to recall that he was uh, anti-China, pro Hong Kong for a long port, you know, period of his career. But yeah, it, it does seem that he's reverted uh, the other direction. But again. There must be a reason for that. He must have a reason for that, uh, you know, and it'll be a personal one. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Um, another category we need to talk about, uh, not propaganda, um, <laughs> action. Yes, go on. Lead the ten way, because I know you have a lot more to say about this than I do. All I have to say is 10 out of 10, boom, move on. <laughs> okay, agreed. And, I, and it's perfect. I mean, look, we talk about comedy, and it get the comedy rating was only as high as it was because of the action. The action is what you wait for. The action is what you want. The action is the selling point of the movie. The action is the movie. It's the best shit. It's what you watch it for. It's great. Uh, I, I made this point with with Wheels on Meals. 
the movie itself, I hate really. I don't hate it, but I really didn't like it. The action, I'd watch it again just because I know how good the action is. I didn't like the movie, loved the action. The action is great. And there are so many movies that we haven't covered this month that I'd love to, sh to still show you, Craig. Things like the first police story. Um, it's got such good stunt work in it, man. Like, it will blow your mind. Young Master, another one I'd love to show you. One of can my all-time... Can I ask you a question? What's your favourite Jackie Chan fight ever? It's a hard I question. Mean, the thing is, I'm kind of biased to the more early stuff. Mm. Me personally, my... Uh, my preference lies with like his 70s and 80s career uh, where it's like a more sort of old school, traditional China, martial arts schools against martial arts schools. Um, so like I like the fight in. Um... OK, so I don't know. I'm not sure if you I, I, I'm going to give you like a couple. But because one of them, I'm not sure if you'd even count as a fight, really. Uh, but yeah. it is so, uh, in Young Master uh, again, one of my all-time favourites. The beginning of the film is a competition between two martial arts schools, but they're not fighting. They're doing. Do you know the dragon? The ch the Chinese. Uh, dragon costumes that take like four, four people to like be underneath to operate and it's like a bit of material attached to a, a head of a dragon that can move okay go yeah, on not, not a western dragon like a prop like an eastern yeah, dragon. yeah i understand they, they don't often have wings they're they just sort of float flying snaky things yeah. but um so yeah so they're both they're both operating those one each and the, the aim of the game is to collect these bags of money that are all scattered around this, this you know, it, it basically like, uh, you know, like different stands and stuff. So they're not just on the ground, they're climbing stuff and they also have to like fight each other. But it's like a dance and stuff. And I mm -hmm. love that. that it, I love that whole sequence. It's just stunning. Um. I also really love the fight scene at the end of Young Master, but I really love the fight scene at the end of the original Drunken Master. I'm a big fan of that fight scene. Love it. Um, Maybe we should have watched that then. We did watch the first Drunken Master. I mean, sorry, uh, Young Master. Yeah, yeah, I would have liked to have watched Young Master with you, to be fair. It is sorry. a good one. <laughs> no, it's all right. I mean... You know, we, we still have a podcast. It still could come around one day. Yeah. Um, what else do I love? Cert certainly in the uh, in the movies we've watched for this month, my favourite fight scene is the one at the end of Drunken Master. My second favourite fight... is the one at the end of Armour of God 2. Oh, um, yeah, with the aeroplane. Yeah, that was very the, good. But I'd, but I'd say the whole climax, the whole fight, because obviously they're fighting from the get-go the moment they arrive, and then it gets interrupted with a bit of plot every now and again. But I'd just say the whole end sequence when they're fighting around the bombs and then they're on the platforms, but then they're doing it in the airplane 
uh, area where they've got like the air pressure fucking everything up. Mm. Like there are different fights, but for me, it's all one big fight scene. Love all of that in Armor of God too. And uh, I'd say third place might be the one with Jackie and Benny in uh, Wheels on Meals. Really, really good fight scene. Really raw, really brutal. Uh, what would you? Okay, so you know, let's do that. What would your top three uh, fight scenes of the month be? Uh, it's tricky to say. Um, I know you love Drunken Master too. The fight it's hard scene to be. I haven't. I haven't seen as many as you have, and I'm not such a big action guy as you are. But yeah, that that uh, fight scene at the end of Drunken Master Two. I think I've watched it like about three or four times. Uh, I heard it was good before we watched the film, so I watched that clip first on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's yeah." Like it's really like very. Um, when I think there are moments where Chan, uh, where, where he has fight scenes where are very intense and there's some anger or something behind it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They appeal to me more. They feel uh, like a real fight. Um, so that final scene at the end of Drunken Master 2 is just nuts. And then also, yeah, with Benny Arquides, if that's how you pronounce his name, uh, also had some of that. I, I think, yeah, I think you actually mentioned when we, when we were doing that pod that probably some of the fight scenes could have been longer in that film. And probably, absolutely, yeah, they could have milked that fight with Benny more. And I, I think if they did, I think they could have had something on the same level as Drunken Master Two. Um, yeah, I do it's, agree. It's not even just the fight though, because there's all of those stuff happening around the fight, which is quite interesting. Like you mentioned with the dragon. Uh, so, like for example, in Drunken Master Two, uh, you have the whole thing. First, uh, Chan is being beaten. And then he starts drinking and he, and then uh, he, st he just can't get the upper hand and he gets angry, he starts smashing stuff. He has to take a second. Uh, and then all of a sudden he's just insane and beating the crap out of uh, the other guy. Uh, and then in, also with Benny Aquides, like you were saying, uh, he just can't get uh, the upper hand. He has to take a minute to sit down and then start yeah. fighting again and slow down. There's like, there's also that element to it where uh, Chan, Chan's character has to make some kind, kind of figure something out to, to um, yeah. To I, I like that about Jackie Chan fights that, cause he has yeah. that, uh, some, uh, it, 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 there's often an opportunity for him to, you know, show his like powers of deduction, you know, you know, uh, you know, we, 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 sh we get to see how he can, uh, you know, sort of outbest uh, the bad guy because often the bad guy is usually someone more powerful than he is. That's always the best way to do it, though, isn't it? Like, you know, that's how you provide the stakes. I feel like because the thing is, as much as I love Enter the Dragon, you never really feel that Bruce Lee won't be able to deal with Han. Han is like thirty years older than him and missing a hand. I really don't think he's going to beat you in a fight, but you know. When, when these in these Jackie movies, you really do get a sense of like, oh, you know, these guys really should kick the crap out of him. But, mm. you know, it's, it's just the power of being a nice guy and a good guy, you know, gets him through it. So would you so in terms of then the action rating come full circle, 10 out of 10, would you give it? 
Yeah, I don't think you can fault it. I mean, really, like, one of the best action people ever. I mean, who else can you really think of? I mean, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is pretty good. Uh, I mean, that's an odd one to go for. I I mean, mean, in terms of, like, uh, fighting ability, like, uh, on uh, because this is the first guy I came, because he's also got a martial arts background. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you. Uh, I mean, like, you can have a look at. Um, you could even talk about Jason Statham in that respect. Yeah, Jason Statham uh, as well. And there are you. You could talk about. Uh, I, I mean, I'd say, uh, in terms of martial arts, uh, no one is really because, like, the thing is, Jean Claude hasn't really been influential in terms of the martial arts. He's just piggybacking off of it, I think, as a white guy. Well, the only thing Jean-Claude has really been been able to bring to the big screen is uh, grown men doing the splits. Yeah, actually, I was just thinking about him doing the splits. Yeah. and Because the thing is, he does it really well. He does it very, very well. And, like, obviously, when he was younger, his bottom was very pert in the splits position. So they always had him in like really tight, like uh, workout pants. So like you could see every sort of, you know, groove, you know, groove of his, you know, body and bum, you know, I might cut some of this. (laughs) So you can talk about his ass if you want. but But the thing is that really is, that really isn't much to offer. Inter- but I do like Jean Claude. In all fairness, I just I think he's got a funny way about him that I do I do enjoy him. But he's yeah. not the best. He's not but the best. What my really. what my point was is that there there are many action stars uh, who you can't really fault them on the action. Uh, yeah, but yeah. maybe their acting is not always the best. The story is not always the best. The uh-huh. plot's not always the best. Well, so. But you can't fault the action. The only person I'll give, like for example, the actually the absolute opposite is uh, Steven Seagal. By the way, like yeah, this yeah. is shit <laughs> all around. Yeah. It's supposed to be action, I, based I, shit. I was gonna say, I think maybe we should do some Steven Seagal movies as well. Maybe a Steven Seagal month. Yeah, um, I think I might vomit. Yeah, but uh, okay. So so okay. So great that you brought it up. Next category, then acting. What would we give it on acting? Um, I think Chan is a fair actor. I mean, we mentioned before acting in English, he's not always the best. He struggles. But uh, he is he is always very charming. Yeah. Uh, he can do humor as well. Yeah. Um, I still enjoy watching him on screen, even when, it, you know, this is the thing. Sometimes you have those stars that aren't great in, as actors. But like they just have other qualities that you enjoy. I think Keanu Reeves is a really good example. You know, not the best actor in the world, but people just love him. He's just super nice and cool, and we just like him. You know, uh, he's got a charm on screen, a certain charisma that no one else has quite got. You know, and yeah, that's Jackie for you. You know, yeah, he's not the best in the movies, but you know, he's still going to charm your pants off. Yeah, he work. He's a leading man, and he works as a leading man. Yeah, absolutely. But he also in the uh, like the more more modern movies. Certainly, we see it in Wheels on Meals as well. But like, he does also work as an ensemble character too. 
Yeah. You know, uh, certainly as he got an older, he's really taken a bat step. And certainly in American movies, he'll take on more of a mentor role or mm-hmm. an ensemble character. Yeah. No, but this is it. What's our rating? Well, like... I'll give him like a six. A six in what? Acting? Yeah, six out of ten. Yeah, six is fair. Six yeah. is fair? He's not right. a bad actor. He's not the most amazing, but he's not bad. He he gets... You won't really like have a problem with his acting. Like You will never really complain and say he's shit. You would never really mm. do that. But you won't be blown away. Yeah, I get you. All right, then final category, plot. Story. Plot can be can be messy. Uh, we, we have I'd, plenty. I'm struggling to give it more than a four. Yeah. Some yeah. of the plots are just ridiculous. Like, like I, as much as I love the, the older movies and their, their sort of more simplistic format, they, they are very simple, you know. You, you you disrespected my uh, kung fu school or you stole something from my kung fu school or you have a revenge plot against my kung fu school or I have a revenge plot against your kung fu school. But like it's all basically the same plot, unfortunately. There's not much to separate them in terms of plot. But like the mar you know, but they're not really what you watch. The plots aren't what you watch them for, not always. But I do like Dr- Drunken Master. I do really like it. I like the plot. You get like uh, you get a little twist in Karate Ghostbuster with the Shaolin Temple main monk. Uh, so you know, I, sometimes the plot. Actually, you know what? Yeah, fa- all right. I'm bump up to five. I don't know. I, yeah, maybe maybe five is okay. I mean, it's hard to really gauge them because they kind of vary in terms of. Uh... In terms of their plot, don't they? I mean, what do you think of uh, Supercop in terms of plot? Forgettable. But uh, it made sense, though, did it? Or did it not? Really? It was coherent, yeah. It, it was coherent. Yeah, I think it, it was, was a bit more coherent was, than the other. Straight, the yeah, definitely straightforward. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't call it like... There wasn't much about it that set it apart. I mean, when no. I say it's not memorable, like I don't, I, I, I would say the the main plot elements that were memorable that are noteworthy is that Michelle Yeoh is just as much of a super cop as Jackie is. That's really the main selling point, isn't it? Jackie Chan teaming up with a female badass. Yeah. So, so besides yeah, I... besides that big plot point, like. I don't find the rest of the story, you know, to be very, uh, you know, noteworthy. It's not the story that it's, you know, worth watching for. Yeah. So maybe I agree with you. Perhaps maybe a five is, is, is probably the best but, we can really get. But then what, what about armor of God? Cause it's all over the place, but like, I think it makes sense. I think it, it's quite clear. I don't think you get lost in it and it's quite fun. I think Armour of God 2 works in terms of plot. Yeah. I mean, it, do, it doesn't take itself too seriously as well. Uh, yeah. It's a bit of silliness. There's some silly, yeah, a lot of silliness in that one, actually, but you kind of give it a bit of a pass. But then, then it's also one of those ones where I'm laughing at 
the oddities of the plot. I mean, I was going to say, let, let's not get even. Uh, let's not even talk about Wheels on Meals. We've already talked about it in the uh, podcast, but yeah, the plot is just garbage, unfollowable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really struggling to keep track of that one. <sighs> what, was the other, what was the other one we watched? Oh, yeah, the second Drunken Master. Drunk, yeah, that one was kind of odd, uh, especially because of the age of Chan in that. It really felt like it's, he was supposed to be younger. And yeah. there's this strange relationship with his stepmother. Um, I, I don't really know. It, it felt, yeah, like Chan was playing someone who was... Uh, 15, 20 years younger than he was because he really looks like he's in his 40s there. He's like a kid. And like, I don't know. Maybe it would have worked if there was a younger actor there. I I don't know. But you can't really do that. So you you think we should have got someone else besides Jackie? Well, if you just somehow de-aged Chan. But uh, no, that wasn't going to happen, was it? Well, yeah, look, at the end of the day, you know, I, I I think it, well you know what I think final rating then influence ten oh, out of in, ten yeah influences um like not only did he make Hong Kong cinema like internationally known I think he really uh, brought action up a whole new level yeah like internationally like changed Hollywood forever with his action and his Sh- stunts. Showed- Showed Hollywood how versatile Asian action was. Yeah. I think they all they all assumed it was a certain way because of what Bruce Lee had shown them. But then Jackie comes about and it's like well, we can also we also do this too. And like and it really did show the versatility of the cinema coming out of Hong Kong. And you know, America were absolutely ready for it. The West were absolutely ready for it. Um but like, I, I suppose we could say they were already waiting for it, you know, since Bruce Lee's death. They were crying out for it. I mean, Game of Death was the movie that came out after Enter the Dragon. And Bruce Lee only had shot like maybe like 20 minutes of it. So they had mm. to finish, you know, the, the whole rest of the film without him. It's not very good. It's a, it's a garbled mess. Uh, I've only ever seen it the once and I didn't think it was worth watching again. And it was a long time ago. Uh, so I don't remember much of it. I just remember thinking it's just such a mess. Um, but this is it. People wanted it. People wanted them to complete it because it's like we need more Bruce. That can't mm. be it. He's only just broken the global zeitgeist. Don't tell me he's dead already. We can't we can't be without him. And like I say, I think it's a, a travesty when you think about the, the career he could have had. Yes. Um, but the thing is, with, you know, I, I, I also think Jackie Chan would have had a very similar trajectory, even if Bruce Lee hadn't died. I think some people would make the argument that if Bruce Lee hadn't passed, Jackie Chan wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be what he is. And I, I, I still maintain I think Bruce Lee would have been massive. Bruce Lee would have been the most famous for sure. Everyone would love him. But I think Jackie Chan still would have had a meteoric climb uh, in the genre, 100%, I'm sure Mm -hmm. of it, you know. um, In the same way that there has been room for Jet Li and Donnie Yen and other guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's always been room. And and Chan's style 
is not Bruce Lee's style. Chan no, has, exactly. has a different approach. So yeah, you get yeah. a different flavor. It's a different flavor. So yeah, I, I think he absolutely still would have had a great career without, uh, even with the shadow of Bruce Lee uh, bearing over him. But sure, okay, may, maybe without the shadow of Bruce Lee, he was able to to be at you know you know maybe maybe his rise might not have been as fast perhaps. Mm. Mm. But def, I still I still couldn't see a world without Jackie Chan. To be fair. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think we should wrap this up now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. We're about to hit an hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would say Jackie Chan, like him or love him, you like him, love him or hate him, you've got to respect the insane uh, wealth that, of his career, and he really is something to celebrate. Yeah, um, massively a, influential uh, figure in cinema. Oh, yeah. Super influential, uh, highly likable, and it looks like he's not slowing down anytime soon either. For the last, what, 50, 60 years, he's just going. Yeah, I think his first film was in 62, so he must have been like eight. So he's been acting since he was eight years old. Well, you know, now, he's in it. He's in Enter the 61 Dragon. 61 years. 61 years he's been going. He's in Enter the Dragon, you know. Mm. And that's like 1974 Bruce Lee. Uh, but he's not like a main character. He's just a stuntman in it. But if you pause it just right, Bruce Lee hits him with a with a, with a a stick in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and you can pause it. You can see it's Jackie. And I, I think there's an interview. I'll wrap up. Let's wrap up this Jackie Chan retrospective with a nice little uh, interview moment that I saw with Jackie where they were like, what's the highlight of your career? And he said, when I was in Enter the Dragon, I was a stuntman on that. And we were doing this scene and Bruce Lee hit me in the head with this wooden pole. And he just hit me a little bit too hard. And I went down holding my head and I'm like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. And Bruce Lee yelled, you know, he, he, he did the thing and he finished the scene. And the moment the camera went cut, he ran straight to me and he hugged me. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't believe it. Are you okay? And Jackie Chan said in this interview, now I was a young man at the time, so it didn't really hurt me that bad. But Bruce Lee was hugging me. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's really sore. It's really painful. <laughs> so like Bruce Lee really doted over him. And he said of all the things, of all the stories he could tell you over the, the many years that he's been working, that's the highlight of his career. And I think that's just really lovely because as much as we could talk about how influential he has been, you know, there is another man that whose influence, you know, stretches even further. The hmm. God that is Bruce Lee. And we really yeah. probably should do a Bruce Lee month because there's only a handful of films to watch anyway. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, he, there really isn't much to watch. That's Jackie Chan month. Craig, we did it, man. My name's Tobias, and uh, I've been your co-host this very fine evening. This is Craig, your other co-host. And How's it hanging? Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, 
do follow us on all the social media platforms. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. So uh, get on that on Twitter. We are at Film Shrapnel, capital F, capital S. Uh, we are on TikTok, although we haven't updated in a wee while. Uh, but some stuff will be coming out soon, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, anywhere else you can find us, I'm sure we are out there. Uh, and until next time, Craig, do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, no, keep listening. Uh, we love you guys for listening to us. And yeah, keep listening so we can keep doing this, basically. Love it. That's such a good point. That's such a good point to end on. If you guys stop listening, we, we can't keep talking. No. We need we'll have to quit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Don't